the college football experience, Florida Atlantic Owls 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com slash pool, once again, that is birddogs.com slash pool. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Yes, yes, welcome, welcome to the college football experience, Florida Atlantic Owls 2023 season preview. I'm excited to talk about the boys in Boca Raton, retired, I don't know how to fucking talk, but look, perhaps if you're wondering who the hell you're listening to, my name is Colby Swigger, database dad, AKA pick. Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. I would have killed a normal man, but nah. Now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was. It's like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Um. Yes! FAU the Owls. Who? Who? Who have a brand new coach? I'm excited to talk about it because I think they did a sneaky, sneaky good hire. Uh, I am joined by my co host. Give it up for. Former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, let's talk a little FAU, a little Florida Atlantic House, the house that Schnellenberger built. Yes, All right, indeed. program started in what 2001? Yeah, man, you know, a pretty young program, all things considered, but they have. You know, capitalized on the talent down there in Miami, especially as of late. And, well, and, and you know, Lane Kiffin had a great run here recently, but then they went to Willie Taggart. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. But he was recruiting at a high level, and now in comes in Tommy Herman, Patty. See Tom Herman. So, uh, thirteen and one in two thousand. Uh, fifteen. What well, got him that gig was the national championship. Uh, you know winning season as an offensive coordinator at Ohio state comes yeah. in year one at Houston. Like you said, 13 yes. and one nice start to the head coaching career. Yeah. And then he ends up, yeah. 13 and one at Houston. Uh, then a nine and three season at Houston. I believe he beat Oklahoma. He beat Florida state back when Jimbo was at Florida state. Uh, then he goes to the Texas longhorns and seven and six in year one, they win a bowl game. They actually went four and own bowl games under Herman. Ten and four in year two, a ten-win season. Which uh, Steve Sarkeesian, we're still waiting on that. <laughs> Eight and five in year three, and then see, this is the the part that's unfair: is te- seven and three in his final season at at Texas. But remember, that was the COVID year, 
That was the COVID year where they only played 10 games, right? Yeah. He had a 55 to 23 bowl win uh, that year. And then they out him because they, they wanted Sarkeesian. Now what's crazy here is you go back and look at those losses, go back to that, that season. They lost uh, to TCU by two Oklahoma in four overtimes, right? And then Iowa state by three, this team <laughs> was very, very close. You could argue, uh, you could argue what uh, eight points away from a, a undefeated season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were, they were uh, a solid team that year, 10 and four finished number nine in the country, won the sugar bowl and he what? was fired stomped Georgia. Yeah. I mean, two years later he was fired after a seven and three season, but no, no, no. The seven and three season is what I'm talking uh, about. Oh, oh, that was when they were that close. Yes. Yes. And then if you look at like 19, 19, where they go, uh, what was their record? 19, eight and five, right? Still in the top 25. Who knows? Cause there's Texas there. It's not like their losses were that bad. They lost to LSU by seven who won the national championship. That was like a tie game with like five minutes left. Yeah. Like a seven point loss to Oklahoma in the Red River shootout. Like, like you I mean, go back I guess and look. Kind of is the expectation at Texas to be in those games. What makes a good coach versus a not good coach at Texas is who can win those games. Uh, I I just thought Sarkeesian did. I think Tom Herman's a better head coach than Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian. is thirteen and twelve in two years. Uh, Tom Herman was thirty two and eighteen, a much higher win percentage at Texas. So yeah, I mean, he got four full years. I'm sure if Herman does, uh, Sarkeesian doesn't get it fixed and soon he'll be out. But uh, I'm just saying that to fire him on the year of COVID where you go seven and three and you, you, you have are, a top 20 finish. And when your losses are by two, three, and then, like I said, four overtimes to Oklahoma, you are essentially eight points away from an undefeated season. You know what really got him was all that shit with the. Uh, what was it? Zach Smith or something. Who was the Ohio state coach that was throwing him on? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. really hadn't even like been charged with anything, but it was just kind of, cause uh, he went to the strip club with him or something, right? right? It was a smear and it was bad enough optics that because they weren't championship level, he got canned at Texas and he's just been sitting out. Where, where's he been since? No, he was at the Chicago bears and he was in the studio uh, in Fox last year. Yeah. So now he comes to, this is a huge get for FAU. Yeah. I was lobbying for, I, I was saying that, Hey, West Virginia should fire Neil Brown, hire him. Yeah. I was lobbying for other, uh, other power fives it's, to get him. It's every bit the higher, maybe not from a, uh, a PR standpoint, but like that Lane Kiffin, because Lane Kiffin had a great roster at USC, won the national championship as an offensive coordinator. Herman's even better to me because of what he did at Houston. Yeah, like he's proven that he can get Kiffin it done. to me still hasn't like proven that he was that nasty. I mean, maybe a little bit at FAU. Yeah, but that he's was, done a good job yeah. at Ole Miss. Either way, if you're in the same ballpark as Lane Kiffin in terms of your coaching chops, and if you can recruit pretty well. Then FAU's in pretty good hands right yeah, now. Yeah, I like it. We're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna go through the offense, the defense, the special teams, the transfer portal, and then go game by game on the Al schedule. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Also subscribe to wherever podcasts are found. Appreciate if you'd hop on over there, give us a five-star review as we preview all 133 college football teams uh with a solo podcast for each and every team in the land. We do this each and every year, folks. Subscribe, tell a friend. But I want to tell you that the FAU, the Florida Atlantic Owls 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by bird dogs, bird dogs, make you look good. All right. You're down there in Boca Raton. Mm. You're going to need some bird dogs because their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer 
through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They're gonna, they're, dude. You're down you're there like at if the you're beach. In Boca Raton, yeah. That's where those that's shorts are designed saying. for. You're gonna look like Bosworth uh, in '87 walking mm-hmm. around there. All the scattered ass is gonna be trying to, trying to. You know, <laughs> they're gonna be interested in you. You got a lump yeah. in your shorts, and yeah. it's uh, you know clearly visible. They're, they're gonna want to know what it is you do. All right, uh, look, and they fit way better than regular shorts. All right. Regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but they stretch, uh, you know, so you get away a uh, slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all that movement. Bird Dog also uses anti stink sweat wicking fabric and keeps you cool and dry all day long. Look, South Florida, we've all been there. The humidity, a legit crazy yeah. thing down there. So you're going to be, you're, you don't want that swamp ass just yeah. attacking you. And that's why bird dogs, yeah. anti stink, sweat wicking fabric. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Get on over there. Check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash pool. Does bird dogs do pants? Cause I'm thinking Don Johnson might've gotten a little uh, oh, yeah. ball sweat. Oh yeah. But you know who, uh, you know, might've been pretty cool and had a similar vibe to the, uh, was Magnum PI. Now I know he was out in Hawaii, but yeah, Don Johnson, trust me. He's a bird dogs type of he guy is a bird here. Dogs kind of guy. Uh, look, uh, so look, go to bird dogs.com slash pool, enter the promo code pool P O O L. And you get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. They're just giving you free stuff. That's bird dogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. All right, we are back on the college football experience, Florida Atlantic Owls 2023 season preview. Pa- Patty C, let's talk. We we grade the transfer portal. What before I get into grading the portal like we do for all these teams, let me ask you something. If Tom Herman goes ten and two, and I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but let's just play this out. Yeah. If he goes ten and two, do you think a bigger school is going to come calling? Because we talk about Neil Brown on the hot seat. We talk about the potential of Kirk Ferentz retiring. We talk about uh, uh, a slew of other coaches that I believe yeah. potentially could be on the uh, the hot seat. Um, whether it's Babers uh, in, in Syracuse or uh, uh, Halfley at Boston College, you can go through each conference and kind of Tom Allen at uh, Indiana. Yeah, and could this be year. a I, like I don't want to wish one year in Boca Raton. I hope he's committed to to mm. building this thing right because they have starting next year, the highest group of five has a has a playoff berth, the highest ranked group of five. So yep. they're going to be battling the likes of Boise State and East Carolina and UTSA and, and Tulane and Memphis and SMU for. Yeah. But the, the, you you could argue, you might be in a better spot than say Boston College. Down in FAU, just the fact that you have a berth. If you are the top group of five, and you're going to be having Florida talent, which will be, you know, you, you, you you're going up against it's Memphis. A little bit of a stretch, really. A little bit of a stretch, only because is the AAC going to be positioned to get that group of five berth? Most Probably, of the time? especially if San Diego State's leaving the Mountain That's West. That's true. Some of these schools leaving is going we to just, open that door. We just saw Willie Fritz turn down Georgia Tech to stay at Tulane. I wonder if that was his thought process saying, Hey, I'm in new Orleans. Yeah. I can, there's an auto bit on the line. Well, if anyone probably got turned off to a big school with huge donors and all of the cooks in the kitchen, Texas is the place that, that would happen. So Tom Herman might say, you know what? I recognize, you know, the value of a little bit smaller of an operation here and the freedom I can work in. Maybe that is a piece that could keep Well, If you make the playoffs a couple of times, then maybe, maybe a major school comes calling again. I don't know. I mean, how different is FAU than UCF, you know, and here UCF is in the big 12. 
maybe if they get and look, Miami is, I believe, the most talented part of the state of Florida. You know, in terms of cranking out recruits, there's only one team down there, Miami, right? Yeah. It, let him let him get inroads, even to the secondary talent, in Miami. They could be one of the most. They could be a routine ten win team. You know, I mean, I mean this is a guy that was just with Chicago Bears two years ago. He comes in with NFL experience. If I'm if I'm a recruiting floor, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna say, hey, what's going on here? I was the head coach yeah. of Texas for four years. Yeah, you better listen. I was at Ohio State with Irvin. We won a national championship. So yeah. I, I feel like there's some clout yeah. there. And he also probably has Houston ties. You know, he he coached at the Houston Cougars. Yeah, the high school areas there. He probably has some ties. Yeah, those are two so, really talented areas to be pulling from. Uh, it's all gonna be in, even Ohio ties with Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, too. so. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patty C departing in the transfer portal. We're grading the transfer portal like we do with all of these teams. Uh, running back Marvin Scott the third is in the portal. This guy was a talented running back. Safety TJ Young. He's followed the lane train to Ole Miss. Uh, defensive end Julius Barfield. Great name. Uh, he's in the portal. Wide receiver Jamarcus Johnson portal. They have, means they haven't landed at a place yet. Running back Glo- Glover Cook portal. Defensive lineman Kareem Wilson portal. Linebacker Dearis Thomas portal wide receiver Jordan Young uh, portal cornerback Peter Warwick portal hello uh, wide receiver Jamal Ernie uh, or Ernie uh, goes to Purdue offensive tackle Darius Tolliver portal athlete Willie Taggart Jr. heads out to Western Kentucky where his pops played punter Riley Thompson heads to Penn State defensive end Jalen Joyner goes to the Memphis Tigers and athlete Kelvin Dean goes to Florida A and M now. That's who they lost. For a second, it looked like they were going to lose Larry McCammon, the, their star running back. He hit the portal. Herman was able to talk him off that. He's well, back in Boca Raton. So there's that clout coming yes, through for yes. you. Yes. So uh they what here's what they bring in. So McC- getting McCammon to uh McCammon to stay, I think, was big. And then they had Kobe Lewis, who got injured. He played at Purdue, but I know him from Central Michigan, where he was a thousand yard back at Central Michigan. I think Lewis and McCammon's a good backfield. Also, uh, Daniel Richardson, the quarterback of Central Michigan for the past couple Lewis of years. Lewis was a thousand yard back at Central Michigan. Yes, yes. In a single season? Yeah. So they got two thousand yard backs in yeah. the same backfield. That's yeah. a good backfield. That's what I'm saying. And then quarterback Daniel Richardson has got a slew of starts. Slew of starts. Uh he he headed down to to Boca Raton this past season from Central Michigan. I think he got a bowl win as a start as a starter against Washington State just two years ago. Uh it looked like he was going to be the starter, but then late they get Casey Thompson, former Texas Longhorn and Nebraska uh, quarterback. And Casey Thompson, man, I think this guy's a player. I thought that last year. Uh, now I know Scott Frost, that was a disaster, but man, Casey Thompson had moments where I said, "Damn, he looks pretty good." Casey Thompson at Nebraska. I mean, at Texas two years ago, twenty-four touchdowns, nine interceptions. At Nebraska last year, seventeen touchdowns, ten interceptions. They're not. Heisman stats, but their stats will take. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And he's mobile. How did he do rushing wise? Uh, not too, not not too many rushing yards. Uh, one hundred fifty-seven rushing yards for Texas two years ago. Yeah. But must have gotten sacked last year in Nebraska a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they also brought in quarterback Ben Ballard, also a Texas transfer. Uh, he's third on the depth chart. It seems like it's going to be Thompson at the one Richardson at the two Ballard at the three, but, but you know, obviously we have the whole, whole summer still. Uh, they also brought in tight end Elijah Brown from Alabama, Nick Saban uh, linebacker, Desmond Tisdall from the Auburn Tigers tight end Khalil Bentley from the Miami hurricanes wide receiver, Devin price from the Texas A and M Aggies. These are some big programs yeah. they're pulling dudes from offensive tackle. Woody Jean from the Arizona wildcats defensive end, Richard Thomas from the Indiana Hoosiers. 
and cornerback Jerron Morris from the Texas State Bobcats. Patty C, would you say they won the portal? I'm gonna go ahead and say they hit a fucking grand slam by bringing in Casey Thompson and Richardson. You have quarterback depth. Bringing in Kobe Lewis and keeping McCammon in Boca Raton. That's a big win too. Uh, the running back position looks good. Then you go out and get that Elijah Brown from Bama at tight end and Bentley from Miami. How they do it across the offensive line, both in exiting in the portal and incoming in the portal. They brought in Woody Jean, a tackle from from Arizona. Now they lost a Darius Tolliver, but he didn't land anywhere. I don't think that's a big name. I think it's a guy. If anything, he might have been shown the door. Yeah. Um. So, I think they won. I think they won big in the. Well, portal. I would say with one returning offensive lineman starting, uh, they probably should have patched that up a little better. But all things considered, are you getting one? Because I'm not getting one. Oh, are you seeing more than that? Yes, I'm seeing three three back. From a year ago on the offensive line, these publications we got look. It's it's hard to keep track of what uh, who's going by, but three so, three back is a win, and maybe you don't need to bring back as many or transfers. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing uh, Marquise Robinson, uh, Kamar Bell, and Chaz Neal all back from a year ago. Oh, um, you know what? I'm looking in the wrong place. You're right. Three three it is. Yeah. So they get, they're bringing back three on the offensive line. And then you bring in the tackle from Arizona and Woody Jean, perhaps. Uh, I don't know that he's penciled in to be a day one starter. They also have Malcolm Lamar, who might start for him, and breaking in a new center uh, will be an interesting thing to see. But we know uh, Khalil Brent- Brentley, Bentley. I'm sorry. Uh, he is uh, he is uh, someone that could be starting day one. He was at Miami, like I, we alluded to, or uh, Alabama. At the tight end spot, uh, Elijah Brown. They also don't forget that they bring back their tight end from a year ago in Carter Boatwright. So they got like they're pretty deep at the tight end position. I mean, Alabama generally doesn't recruit less than a four star. So if that's you know one of the un uh, unheralded guys you're bringing in, <laughs> that's yeah. a nice pickup. Well, then then like your wide receivers, you're bringing back uh, Jaquan Burton and Lejante uh, Webster. So. You did I say Webster Wester Wester, uh, but you're bringing back two of your three wideouts. I dude, this offense. I call me crazy. I think this offense is going to be pretty damn good this year if everyone stays healthy. They're also bringing in Tony Johnson. Uh, you know, I'm assuming he's going to be uh, the third wideout, but it could be Devin Price who came in from Texas. Um, I don't know, buddy. I, I kind of think this offense. Now I know I can rattle off the stats. Charlie Fry, by the way, their offense coordinator, former Akron Zips, uh, you know, former Akron Zips quarterback and Cleveland Brown quarterback. But there's no, there's no pointing me in rattling off the the offensive numbers because it's a brand new show in town. You know what I mean? So yes, I could say that they're uh, you know 46 in total offense. Um, I just think this offense with Casey Thompson and everyone there, they're going to be so much better this year. Uh, I'll say this about um, Charlie Fry. What he had been an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Central Michigan in 2019 and 20, but since then, quarterbacks coach at uh, the Dolphins and an analyst um, and Penn State in 2022. How much experience does he bring to the table? Does it really matter though? Herman is an offensive coordinator by craft. Yeah. And, and I think the offense will move. No, I think the offense will, will be look, and they weren't bad last year. 55th in scoring offense. Like I said, 46 in total offense, 71st in passing offense. So they struggled to pass, but they brought in Casey Thompson who was better than any of the quarterbacks. They had at passing. They were 37th at rushing the ball a season ago. Like I said, I don't know how much these numbers matter with a brand new team in a way. Um, but 
Defensively, though, they have their work cut out for them. That's why they got two defensive coordinators in Rock Bellatoni, Bellantoni, Bellantoni, and uh, and uh, who was Brandon this? Harris. Brandon Harris. Yes, it was the uh, uh, Hurricanes defensive back, Thorpe Award semifinalist back in the day. Uh, probably a nice uh, recruiting. Um, Piece there for him. Now, can they stop the run? Because they were 103rd in the nation stopping the run a season ago. That's not good. And they were 106 in total defense. So, 95th in, uh, against the pass. So, they got their work cut out for them. But here's the thing: they bring back just one on the defensive line in Evan Anderson at the nose guard spot. But if your defense line wasn't very good, I mean, yes, you have other guys that have gotten reps and starts. Chris Chris uh, Jones. As a defensive end, that's got some reps. Courtney McBride also, but uh, and, and uh, Jack Jack Merrifield. I'm sorry, actually, I think McBride's a linebacker, um, and he's the lone linebacker back. Actually, um, what do you make the front seven? Basically, got two guys that are are really were there to start all the games a season ago. Well, again, like you're saying, uh, that is the eternal question um, when you have a terrible run defense or any kind of unit. And you have no returning starters. Do you want the starters back on a terrible unit? Well, they didn't get them back. We have all new guys. Hopefully, they're better. Yeah. So I can't say that it's necessarily that they're gonna get worse. And and Taggart was recruiting at a high level. Yeah, I want to dive into that for one sec, just real quick. Uh, Recruiting rankings for the last five cycles or six cycles, I guess, including this year and next year: sixty-one, sixty-seven, eighty-four, and one twenty-four. So they were on a backslide, but Taggart. Recovered 81 uh, for this last cycle, and now 70 is what Herman's sitting on for the 2024. Just say that a more talent composite than Kansas State over the. Yeah, yeah. as far as talent composite, because the uh, the transfer portal was something that FAU hit hard. That may be a better indicator. Uh, Last five or four cycles: 75, 71, 72, and now 69. So actually above Kansas State, who's at 70, who won the Big 12, who just won the Big 12. There is talent there in Boca Raton. No doubt about it. So the defense though, obviously only returning two that got that started, I think every game from a season ago uh, on the front seven, but they have other guys that have started. Like I, I alluded to justice cross uh, sophomore. This guy, I think Scott starts before at the linebacker spot. Um, the secondary though, they returned everybody on the, in the secondary led by Dwight tombs at the safety spot. So I get it. The past defense wasn't amazing. 95th, I believe or 96th. Um, but you bring him back a lot of depth there, bringing back the kicker and Morgan Suarez and uh, breaking in a brand new punter, Patty C. I think the defense is going to be better just because the fact Tom Herman's the head coach. Uh, the D coordinator is uh, two. Oh, got the two of them. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of unproven commodities in, in, as far as I'm aware. But I did. Uh, Bell and Tony has like 30 years of experience, so I guess. That's a stupid thing to say because the dude has been doing it for a long time. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, one, one oh, uh, the defense was what one oh six overall yeah. last year total yeah. yardage. They yeah. got to get not better. a great defense. But but dude, go back to a uh, Houston's 2015 team that beat Florida State and beat uh, won the AAC championship in 2014 uh, under Tony Levine, who they fired. Uh, he was eight and five as a head coach at Houston, so they were eight and five. And Herman walks in and goes thirteen and one and beats some some big time opponents. Um, 
the, in fact, their one loss was to Yukon by yeah. three in like the in uh, deep November when it was, I think snowing. Um, I think there's potential here, man. I really think there's potential for, for this team to be really good this year. I actually think it's not crazy to look at a future for them to win the AAC. I, I agree. I mean, Tulane, yeah. who knows if they, like, can I ask you a question? What's that? Okay. Schematically. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen Herman, I guess, uh, you know, in his Ohio state days where it's like his offense was most visible, I guess, Texas, it wasn't thriving quite to the level, but you know, I'm not even remembering his days at Houston, but essentially what they were doing with urban Meyer. And when he was the offensive coordinator was like a power version of the read option is typically what they would yeah. do. The Greg ward. Yeah. Usually having, you know, big offense alignment and a talent advantage allows you to do that. No matter what the system, if you have like a, a talent advantage on the, on the front, then you can do that power stuff. Is he going to have that at Florida Atlantic? Is it going to be plug and play for him year one? Well, I think a, he walks into the AAC where no, there's no more Cincinnati. There's no more Houston. There's no more UCF. Yeah. So you have Tulane, UTSA, Memphis, SMU, and obviously East Carolina, the, the, the sleeping giant there. Um, but Florida Atlantic's odds right now, plus six fifty. We haven't gone, we haven't dove into the schedule yet, but let's just saying that's not that crazy. Let's 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 talk about it. But before we talk about it and go game by game on the Owls schedule, I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Underdog Fantasy. Their best ball mania is here and they they're giving away 15 million dollars in prizes. What are you doing, folks? Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB player props. Also, when college football season rolls around, they got great college football player props and I'll be talking all about them cuz I do it every year. Uh, there's so many ways to win on underdog and it's active in so many different states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. promo code S G P N. All right, Patty C look, if we, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, shout out to cam who has our win total, uh, the graphics up here, seven and a half wins. So look, Vegas kind of seeing what I'm seeing. If you, if you knew that the owls were the win totals at seven and a half at plus six fifty. It's not that crazy to say, Hey, for a team that technically, technically returns 18 starters. Just what do saying. you expect out of the uh, AAC with, uh, they play two power five. So if it let it on the road at two power five, so given the, losses there. Yeah, so, the top. So, so then they're basically saying that they eight have them. Two. Yeah. Eight and two, eight and two to cover. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's tough, but I love this schedule too. gone are Cincinnati gone, gone to central Florida. Those are and the, Houston and Houston. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it because September 2nd, the Monmouth, what are they, the Hawks, I believe coming into town. Monmouth lost their starting quarterback, Tony Musket to the UVA Cavaliers. Hello. Uh, that's a win. Tom Herman's one to know. Yep. Then the Ohio Bobcats who played for the Mac championship a year ago with Curtis Rourke. And these are the breaks, assuming he's healthy. That could be a nice matchup, but Patty C I think Florida Atlantic is going to beat Ohio. Getting him in Boca Raton early in the season, probably a good thing, but I think it's too early in um, Herman's uh, regime here to pull out this win against a good Ohio Bobcats team. So I'm going to give it to the really? Bobcats. Yeah. Really? I don't know though. I mean, I could easily see. So I don't even know if Rourke will be healthy for that. He got injured late in the year mm. last year. Yeah. I mean, flip yeah. a coin on that game, honestly, but okay. Then comes an interesting spot for the Clemson tigers because they have, and we, we talked about this on the Clemson preview. They have Florida state on deck 
And if look, obviously Clemson has been very good lately. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you Florida Atlantic is going to win at Clemson, but this if I, is it, if Clemson's I was to play them entire season, the following week, that's what I'm saying. It's the greatest spot to get them. I think yeah. super look. So uh, we'll take Clemson, but I, if I'm Tom Herman, I'm happy with where I get Clemson. If you're telling me I got to, I got to play Clemson. Yeah. September uh, Garrett Riley's offense. I think September will probably be the months that would struggle the most because they got to get more familiar with it. Um, However, yep. Patty C. They haven't played a road game until this, so there's no road travel wear yeah. and tear. Yeah. Come in fresh and hopefully deliver a. Uh, and they have the best quarterback. Upset. I'm sorry. Casey Thompson is better than Kate Klubnik. At this point? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you're coming in there, you, you, the marginally, most important position. Marginally, but yes. Really? Klubnik threw two touchdowns and three interceptions yeah, last Klub, year. Klubnik wasn't Can't, that impressive. They're, they're not a comparable right now. Yeah, that's you true. Know what Actually, I mean? like, Casey Thompson has a lot more yeah. history on his side. You're right. You're right. Uh, so that that to me, and then week four is they're at Illinois. So back to back away games against Power Fives. There'll be dogs in both. I would not be surprised if they beat Illinois. Uh, that's a contrast of styles right there. You got to figure there we're going to be a up tempo team under Herman, and uh, you know Brett Bielman's got Illinois as the ultimate ground and pound. Now Chase, um, why am I forgetting the running back's name? At Chase Illinois. Brown gone. Chase Ryan Walters, gone. their defense coordinator, gone. Uh, so and they had Witherspoon, a top ten pick at corner, gone. I mean they leaned on Chase Brown heavily, and I don't think that it was just like the fact that they're a run based team. I think he was a special back. I'm still taking Illinois, but but. I think this is a winnable game. I think that's a winnable game. So you got them two, two and two. two. I got them one and three. They got a bye week, dude. This schedule is good. It's a good schedule. Uh, they are hosting the Tulsa, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane with Kevin Wilson, brand new head coach. Love the fact, brand new head coach. I think the turnover is, is substantial with Tulsa. Both their offensive linemen that were studs are now at Auburn. Same with they followed Philip Montgomery there. I think that's a win for sure. Win. It's not a for sure win because uh, Tulsa is a chippy ass team. It's true, but they've lost a lot, man. Yeah, no, I yeah. think in Boca yeah. Raton, I'm going to lean uh, Florida Atlanta. Okay, and then they head to Raymond James Stadium, which this, this is a fun game. It is fun, but it's not. That's not a toxic crowd. If anything, no. FAU could have more like, fans, yeah. or at least as many. Uh, I think I think that's a win for FAU. Yeah, I think Golesh is going to get it going, but it's too early. And so I, I give that to FAU as well. See, and here's what I like about this schedule, Patty C. To me, the three best teams, see, they avoid playing SMU and Memphis, right? Uh -huh. So two of the best teams in the AAC, they avoid playing. Now, the other three good ones are UTSA, ECU, and Tulane. They get them all in Boca Raton. That's why I love the odds on taking them to win the conference at plus 650. Uh, so UTSA comes to town on October 21st. I'm curious. Are you are you for sure sold on UTSA winning this game? I mean, I feel like you have to be um, impressed and pretty sold on UTSA at this point. It's not a one-hit wonder. Two elite years in a row. Still, not a short trip from San Antonio down to Boca Raton. That said, I am going to take the the Roadrunners to get this one done. Now, I'm curious. Who? Let me let me. I'm going to quickly look at who uh, UTSA essentially plays the week before and the week after, because I'm very curious there. Uh, UTSA, obviously Frank Harris back at quarterback spot and Jeff trailer, a very good coach there that uh, so that UTSA. Okay. They got UAB before that and ECU after 
It could be a body blow. UAB is a physical team, but still a lot of question marks there. Trent Dilfer year one. I'm I'm confused. Uh, maybe he's really good. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But um, okay, I'll even say there'll be dogs to UT- UTSA. Let's let's give UTSA the win. Yeah, I'm definitely giving UTSA the win there. I love the fact it's in FAU though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, similar similar teams stylistically. I feel like you yeah. know. So sometimes that usually when there's not a, a style, styles make matchups obviously, but when there's a lack of difference in style, usually just the better team wins. But I think FAU would be considered the more talented team here. I like the Casey Thompson against Frank Harris matchup. Um, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. The, so then the following week on a, a Friday night nationally televised, they head to Charlotte, Biff Pogey, Jerry Richardson Stadium. Patty C, uh, I got FAU beating Charlotte in Charlotte fairly easily. So that puts me at uh, five and three, right? Five and three. Remember that win total seven and a half, right? Yeah, I think this I got is, them at four and four. They got a back to back away here. They're at UAB the very next week. Like I said, UAB's breaking in Trent Dilfer, a guy who's never coached college football. I think I'll trust Tom Herman to beat Trent Dilfer. I got FAU winning at uh, Penetrobe Stadium there in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, seven and six for UAB last year. You know, I guess they're about as good as their record indicates. Um, so I'll agree with you. I think under Dilfer's year one, I'll give that one to Florida Atlantic. We already did the ECU preview. They come to Boca Raton on November 11th. We know East Carolina, definitely the best team in the AAC. But uh, no, I, I took FAU to win this one. Did you? I, I did on the ECU preview. You're right. Yeah, I took ECU to win this one. So at this point, we're evened up. We both have them at what six and four. I got them what ECU. So no, I got them three, four, five. I got them at seven. So seven and yeah, I'm one away. I am at six and four. I'm one away. They are hosting Tulane, and then they're at Rice. I expect Tulane and Rice to be bowl teams. Actually, I, ECU as well. I expect three straight. Their final three games will be against bowl teams, so they'll be tested a little bit. But getting two of the three in Boca Raton at FAU Stadium, I like it. And I can tell you this, Patty. See, I am on the over with the Owls, and I actually believe. Dude, I like this schedule. What's their? They don't have any tough road games in conference. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, they have the, zero tough at USF, not tough. At Charlotte, not tough. At UAB, now th- that was probably their hardest road game because at Rice, no one shows up to those games either. It's a private school, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, the teams that are likely to be competing with them for the American Conference crown. Uh, UTSA comes to Boca Raton. ECU comes to Boca Raton. Tulane, Tulane comes to Boca Raton. If, if and they, they avoid get, Memphis and SMU, yeah. it's a great schedule. If they get even one or two of those, not let alone all three at home, then they're probably, you know, if they handled business in the other game, then they are probably going to the AAC championship game. Dude, get your future plus six fifty. That on the said, over. you're on the under. I, I got him at seven and five. Mm. I'm not at all uh, feeling good about that, but I think. Yeah, there's some meat on that bone. I mean, UTSA is a good team. Easy, you are fading your boys ECU. I think that's foolish. Well, to- I, I just think let's look at to me the talent that they have. Like you said, better than Kansas State as far as talent. Yeah. Tom Herman, I think, is a more proven coach than almost anybody in these in this in well, this conference. Willie Taggart yeah. underperformed with that talent so much. Five and seven. I but mean, we've they, seen him be a bad coach wherever yeah, he's been. The conference yeah. composite for the last two years for Florida Atlantic was number one. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So you're telling me you get a proven coach 
And then you bring in Casey Thompson, who's been in college for like 30 years. Now I, I know you can make the case that Frank Harris and Michael Pratt are better or at, on that level. And I, I would honor that. Sure. Other than that, ECU doesn't have but that. Not they don't have Casey Thompson, not, you know, hugely better, not, not bigly better. No, I think they're in the same ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Casey Thompson, good quarterback. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Casey Thompson is better than Illinois starting quarterback. You know, <laughs> well, that's not saying that much, but no, but I'm saying like they, they play two power fives and I actually think Casey Thompson is better than club club, Nick or club Nick. They'll have the better and, quarterback and the lionized QB in both They're, those were decent yeah. power five schools yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, I, sign me up for the over and folks, I actually think take a plus six fifty on them to win the, another thing is they avoid North Texas. I even like the fact they avoid Navy that runs a triple option. That's kind of the wacky team that you, you, yeah. you know, like you gotta like avoiding them. They, this is a nice schedule. This is a very nice schedule. So I, I love this play. Take it plus 650 on Florida Atlantic. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Howie Schnellenberger never got him above eight and five, right? Carl Pelini never got him above three and nine. Or I guess, uh, you know, combined, they went six and six with Pelini and uh, Brian Wright. Uh, Charlie Partridge, three and nine. Then Lane Kiffin, two 11 and three seasons in three yeah, years. Scott Turner? I thought they had Scott Turner. They never had Scott Turner. Maybe he was a coordinator there. But uh, then Willie Taggart tops out at five and four, followed by two five and seven seasons. What's a reasonable expectation for this program at this state for like the next couple of years? What what should based on the talent level they have? Not Scott Turner. Who's North Turner's brother? Hmm. I feel like they had a Ron Turner. Did, they had Ron Turner, right? Was he one of their coordinators? No, I thought he was their head coach at one point. No, am I crazy? No, it was FIU. I think he was oh, FIU. Now you've gone and done yeah, it. Yeah, right. Now okay. you've gone okay. and okay. confused the airport for the old, mm, senior citizens mm. <laughs> <at> home. <laughs> uh, well, they're no, no longer rivals because they elevated, man. That's they right. elevated. Now USF's the new rival. That's right. Uh, look, what do you think though? Eight eight wins is seven eight wins. Dude, at, going forward in the American, is the American's not the American you knew. Yeah, maybe nine wins should be the expectation. And Tom Herman is just the guy to deliver that. I'm on the over. I know we're on a string of overs here. I feel like right? I'm on the under, buddy. Seven and oh. five, plus six fifty to win the AAC. I think that's that's, that's a, a better good. bet than the the over. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's where yeah. you put your money right there. So, folks, yeah, uh, you won't see me have this on the lock episode for the over, but I do like it, and uh, I think you you take some of that plus six fifty with the owls. Who who who? Could win the AAC this year, folks. Uh, look, before we get out of here, man, I got Michael Barker, aka College Football Campus Tour. I did a little interview with with Michael. He was able to talk about his experiences down to FAU Stadium and Boca Raton. So, without any further ado, here is that. Joining us on the Florida Atlantic 2023 season preview episode is well, a friend of mine, but you should be following him because. You love college football like we do here on the College Football Experience. This guy is a must-follow. I give you Michael Barker, uh, better known, I think, to, to to many as CFB Campus Tour on Twitter. Michael goes, Michael. I mean, you, you go to like what five, six, seven games a week. Uh, tell the fans about what you do every single week. So, starting in 2017, I went to as many college football games as I could. Uh, in five years, I saw a game at all 130 FBS schools. Now there's three more. Um, 
every week I try to go to a Thursday game, a Friday game, two on Saturday, you know, November and now October with the Conference USA games. We try to go to a Tuesday, Wednesday game. Uh, right now I have 49 confirmed games on my regular season schedule with a space for up to 14 more and, you know, try to hit some bowl games, some FCS playoff games and fortunate enough to bid into uh, the national championship four out of the last five years as well. Boom. I mean, folks, if that's not a good enough sales pitch right there, why you should be following him. Also, like he he will go to like Colorado School of Mines, all these schools. He's been to every single FBS school in the land. And look, folks, it's not like he goes once and he never comes back. He goes back. All right. So this is a must follow on Twitter during the season. He's at a different uh, different city pretty much every day. I feel like, and he posts the photo of the game. It's absolutely fantastic. So Michael FAU Stadium in Boca Raton. How is it, man? It's beautiful. Uh, you know, we talk about certain stadiums that are blueprint for P5 or G5 or FCS. This is one of the nicest uh, G5 stadiums in the country. It opened in 2011. It's home to the Boca Raton uh, Bowl game, has 30,000 seats. Uh, they're 1.7 miles from the beach. That's a, a sales pitch, recruiting pitch that they always do. It's interesting because uh, when I did some research about it, uh, originally they, they looked into possibly making it a dome, uh, but they decided to go with the outdoor stadium, which us, you know, stadium heads love, but currently, you know, they, they went from conference USA. This is their first year in the AAC as the program continues to grow. There's a possibility for FAU stadium to expand to up to 65,000 seats. So, you know, making some good strides for a very young program, but they have, uh, some things in place in case it gets even bigger. Just whatever you do, FA, you do not go to a dome. We like it outdoors, and I love the fact it's close to the beach. So, so how many times have you been here? So I've been there. I've visited a few times, but only for one game, uh, COVID game. But what was interesting about this one was it was, if you remember, Coastal Carolina and BYU made a game within about a week, and they made it happen. This was one that was scheduled somewhat hastily as well. It was a weeknight game against UMass, and. Uh, there wasn't a big crowd there. It was a night game, had a very ugly score of 24 to two was the final score. Uh, but as a, a stadium aficionado, you get to walk around, uh, see a beautiful new stadium. There's palm trees there. There's a statue of uh, Howard Schnellenberger, obviously famous uh, University of Miami national championship winning coach. He also coached at uh, FAU. So uh, it's one of those places where Again, uh, I, I probably saw, I want to say, 40 games during the COVID year, and some of them in the last couple of years I've been able to redo. This is one I haven't got to get back to yet, but as soon as I can, I definitely will. Man, it's it's it, I'm Google imaging it. It looks beautiful. I got to get myself out to Boca Raton, and you folks need to get over there to Twitter and give CS, CFB Campus Tour a follow, a.k.a. Michael Barker. Uh, Michael, you do, uh, you do great work, man. And I'm looking forward to following you throughout the season. And, uh, maybe next time you go to FAU stadium, I'll, I'll join you, man. Absolutely. I will. Looking forward to it, Colby. All right. Take care, brother. You too. All right. That was Michael Barker. Patty. See FAU stadium. You can see the beach. You can see the beach. A great thing. Yes. I mean, and unlike those hurricanes in Miami gardens or wherever it is, they don't try and cover half of it. They don't do a semi dome. They let the sun shine. And the stadium's on campus. You don't have to go four oh, hours. The Orange Bowl is reborn in Boca Raton. Is my it look is if F if Herman gets FAU rolling, 
and they they can get auto bids because they'd be the top. Look, could they steal that mojo from Miami? They could, because Snellenberger started Miami right when they were in the in the uh, basement of all of college football, right? And it, it started with an on-campus stadium. Uh, where is it? Coral Gables, Boca Raton. What's the difference between the two? But just think about this: if if Miami's in the ACC and Clemson and Florida State are rolling, Miami obviously, if they get make the right hire, turnkey program. But if Herman builds this right now, Miami's down. Yeah. If Herman builds this over the next four or five years, and they're making the playoffs, I could see a similar situation with what UCF built here, and then Miami's another. Right now, honestly, UCF's better than Miami. They have been. Yeah. Right. Florida State's better than Miami. Right. Yeah. Florida is better than Miami. Would you say? I mean, Miami has been recruiting at a similar level, almost pretty much to those other programs, but they haven't been putting it together on the field. And I feel like Miami as an area is more uh, subject to like their high end recruits being pilfered out, which is what a team like Miami relies on. Whereas the rest of Florida is going to get their guys. Miami has to lock down, put a fence around Miami. if they can't do it, then the secondary guys are all they're going to be getting. And guess who else is getting the secondary guys? Florida Atlantic. That my, this is my point exactly. Right now, I think if you were to look and and say where are they in that race, I think you would put Florida State, UCF, and Miami. Or I'm sorry, UCF and Florida ahead of Miami. And if Florida Atlantic can come around, they just made a Final Four appearance in college basketball. They were able to retain everyone in college basketball with their NIL collective. I mean, my, watch out. Miami also made a Final Four run, but they're yeah, they're kind true. of the same true. school. They're yeah. like I don't is Florida Atlantic are they private or they public? I don't know. Miami, a small private school. It's not exactly like the, the, the infrastructure you need to consistently crank out. Like no matter what, like th- there are ebbs and flows that go with the small private school. Uh, well, I mean, look at the enrollment right now, Florida Atlantic. Uh, I'm just curious to see like, what would their enrollment be? Uh, no, I see a uh, 19,000. They could easily steal Miami's mojo. Yeah, they could. Yeah. Watch out folks. Tom Herman, I think great hire for FAU. Dusty May, we saw him be a great hire, and folks, we also host the college basketball experience. Subscribe over there. We also host the college baseball experience. Subscribe to all those feeds during the college basketball season. I'm here every single night of the season talking about games and the, the you know the the storylines in college basketball. So check out that we come together as one uh, on YouTube as uh, the you know the college football experience, the college baseball experience, the college basketball experience, and the FCS college football experience, which I host. We come together on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Subscribe, tell a friend I'm on the over Patty C's on the under get the SGPN app. It's free to download the app store and Google play store and come talk FAU football with us. We're all there. All right. Sports gambling podcast.com slash discord. We got any, any sport really, if you're into badminton going on and Argentina. I'm sure it's uh, covered in that discord. So hop on over there. Every single sport you can imagine. If you're in a formula one, whatever, whatever, it's all there. Yeah. So hop on over a there. A lot of fools chopping yeah. it up in there. Oh, it's a lot of fun folks. Until next time. Remember we're breaking out all 133 teams. So your team is coming. If you're not an Al fan, if you are an Al fan, well enjoy. And I'm excited to see the season. This is the college football experience, Florida Atlantic style. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. Run and shoot.